You're listening to WrestlingTradingCards.com. Great. Thanks for having me again. Oh, man. You're one of my favorite guys. I love uh, having conversations with you. <laughs> Thanks for all the support. Um, what are we here to talk about today, sir? I think we're here to talk about people who want to get uh, into collecting, who maybe uh, have been at it for a long time, uh, or are new to it, but don't have a whole lot of money. Uh, how, do we, how do we start? How do we, How does someone get into it? I think first you need to identify how. what do you want to do. Do you want to collect? Do you want to invest? You want to do a little bit of both. So that's, I think the first thing you need to identify is what style you want to go with. Cause that's going to dictate like how much money you can spend, where you can get the most value on your spending and just where to go. Well, let's, let's just say I'm someone who just wants to collect. So I don't have any intentions of investing and trying to resell down the road. Me personally, that was never my goal to begin with. Um, right. but I have quantity on singles. Now I'm kind of like thinking, oh, maybe I should do some stuff, you know, and I, I put my first submission in recently, not too long ago. Um, but, uh, for the most part, I'm keeping what I have because I, I collected it. It's what I, what I wanted. So I really didn't want to invest. I just wanted to collect. So if I'm a collector looking to get into it, where would I start? Uh, so I think, you know, I'm, and I want your opinion on this too. Do you think wrestling, like I've seen wrestling have more set collectors than any other sport? Correct. Maybe, maybe with baseball. Baseball and wrestling, those are like the two big set collectors. Have you seen that too? I have seen that a lot. I mean, all the years I've seen people who are base set collectors. I have so many uh, people, friends, acquaintances that I know that don't do any chase of any kind unless it happened to come in a pack that they bought. And they're like, oh, I'll just keep it because I, I open it and I want it. But for the most part, they just collect base sets. I mean, my partner for wrestling, uh, tradingcards.com, David, he just collects base sets. That's all right. he collects. Yeah, so uh, let's just start right there, uh, talk a little bit of money. Uh, the most recent release, uh, WWE 2020 Tops Chrome, it's actually gotten pretty good uh, response, I think, from everybody I've seen. Um, it's a lot cheaper and still some pretty good pulls out of just the blaster boxes for 20 bucks. So we had talked about Undisputed on a couple shows ago. Comparing that to Chrome, Chrome's doing much better, but you're still, you can go buy the base set of Chrome complete set, $30 shipped right now. So, can you? Okay. Yeah. I mean, a box, uh, I busted open one box of Chrome, mm -hmm. uh, didn't come close to making a set. It's at least a two boxer uh, to make a set. And right now boxes are going for like what, 100, 135 bucks? Uh, hobby boxes are, you can still buy blasters retail for 20. And uh, the blasters have, I think, three exclusive x-fractor you know we, we talk parallels a lot here sure. uh if you like parallels there's those but you know you can spend ten dollars more from a blaster box and get the whole complete base set if in fact you are a set collector now if you're going for a player collector so let's say you're a big fan of becky lynch or the rock or rhea ripley something like that then you're looking more for the autographs parallels stuff like that you're better off getting the hobby boxes for those which as you said are more expensive so i think when you're a player collector a lot of times you can get some of the base stuff for pretty cheap. So Topps Chrome, um, I've been looking at some of the stuff from The Rock in this set, and you can buy his base card for a couple bucks. Uh, silver refractors for like 10, 
and then some of the numbered green parallels and you know up from there for like 30 compared to some of the other sports i still think that's incredibly affordable like um how, how did you get started then in collecting when it came to wrestling cards um actually well i've been collecting my whole life off and on but a couple of years ago i decided i wanted some like higher end stuff looking at those 82 all-stars and i'm like okay how am i going to get there and there's other sports cards I wanted to here and there that, you know, we grew up wanting as a kid and then you couldn't afford it, but now you got the disposable income, you can do it. I still didn't want to use disposable incomes because I'm incredibly frugal. So I was like, how am I going to get here? So uh, I started watching Gary Vee and his garage sales stuff. This is, I think, 2000, probably beginning of 2018 is when I really started into this. And I was like, all right, I can flip cards. They're easy to ship. That's another thing that's great about selling cards online is they're so easy to ship, even in really good packaging. It's not like you're shipping action figures or video game consoles, stuff like that. Sure. So I went to the local card shop and they had the 5,000 count boxes. And this was, they, they just threw in there whatever they didn't think they could afford, they could sell. And they wanted like 10 bucks for a 5,000 count box. I didn't even know what's in it. I, I just grabbed three of them. So I spent $30 initial investment. I still have a lot of, of those cards that were in those boxes. Was, still it trying to, was it all wrestling or just various sports? Wrestling, baseball, basketball, football. There was uh, rock cards in there. There's Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, like just all kinds of stuff in there. I didn't even care because I've been selling all of it, um, which I've always been kind of an entrepreneur or salesman in my mind, get, you know, selling that stuff. And I was thinking, okay, if I can sell these for even a dollar a piece, or I don't know if you're, are you familiar with sport lots? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Selling sport lots, people think, okay, well, you're only getting, you know, 18 to 20 cents a piece at the lowest level by selling these. Okay. Well, times that by 5,000. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. a good chunk. You know, people think it's not worth your time, but it's a hundred percent worth your time. So, you know, off of a $30 investment, I've buy and sell and buy and sell and uh, looking into other stuff that I don't even plan on keeping. So some like more modern basketball, baseball, stuff like that, flipping that stuff. And then I was like, okay, well, I was looking around me and I'm like, all right, well, I'm so close to having, you know, X card or whatever. What else can I sell? So I started grabbing my vinyl collection. Uh, I was really into wrestling figures for a while. Let's take up too much room. I didn't want to turn into a hoarder. So I'm like, all right, let me get rid of those. And instead of spending my own personal money on anything, I just started taking everything around me, flipping it, taking all that money, putting it back into the hobby and just keep it going. Well, that's the investor side. Correct. <laughs> really. Correct. But and then like I can balance the two. So like I have um, a full set of the 82, 83 All-Stars, which inadvertently I bought off Zack Ryder. I don't know if I've said that on here before. <laughs> and I don't think unless I was like using that as another down payment on a, you know, additional house for like real estate investing, <laughs> I'm not going to get rid of that complete set. I'm going to keep it as a set. But I'm more like I'm more of a, a player collector of like with Road Warriors, Hogan, Austin, stuff like that. A lot of the modern wrestlers I don't care about. Even a lot of stuff from the 80s. Like, I really like um, Matt Bourne, you know, Doink the Clown, stuff like that. But I don't see, like, I personally don't want to put a lot of money into his cards because I don't see them going up. So that's the investor side of me, even though. And then I've got, like, um, more of the set stuff. I really like the 86 Monty Gum set. Everybody hates those cards. <laughs> I think it's I have a fun a, set. It's a blast uh, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. But, I'll never get like I'll never get rid of it unless the price is right. So I like to do both. So we can go forever there if you want to go. <laughs> On the base sets like that, um, modern stuff seems to never really hold a lot of value, especially when it comes to base sets. What about somebody who's looking like, listen, I like vintage stuff. 
uh, or I like, you know, the, I like the eighties type stuff or, you know, nineties wrestling. What would you recommend someone get into that's affordable just from a, just a base set collector? There is a lot of, there's a lot of affordable stuff out there right now. Um, we've seen a lot of the prices go up recently. I'm sure you have too, even on stuff that we thought was overproduced, like the Impel stuff, the uh, WCW marketing, the classic stuff from the early nineties, WWF, it's all going up. But when you is look that, at is it, is Impel really going up? Yeah. And the other, another thing you can look at the Impel stuff is like, you can buy those sealed boxes right now for like 20 bucks shipped. Yeah. So you're like, well, there's nothing, there's no inserts, there's no autographs. What is in there that's worth 20 bucks? Well, you have a whole case of packed fresh cards. You've got Sting, Ric Flair, Lex Luger, Brian Pillman, rookie year in there. If you can get those packed fresh and you can grade those out PSA nine or a 10, you could flip one card to pay for your entire box. Sure. So, and that's just how I think it's really hard. And it seems like I'm going to do like a little bit of a call out here to people who are collecting wrestling cards. It seems like people in the wrestling card space don't really think like that as opposed to the sports cards and Pokemon and magic. They're all about that. As far as like how you can flip your collection into being bigger and bigger cards. Like I have cards right now that I've never imagined that I would own, especially not spending my own personal money on it, just spending within the hobby. But it's all, again, it's all just how you want to collect because some people have these complete collections of things and they just don't want to part with them. So yeah, that's true. I'm one of those guys, I think, that I have complete collections of things I don't really want to part with. People have been asking me, like, hey, I'm interested in getting your Hurricane Mask card or your Farouk Knee Brace card. I'm like, I'm not interested really in selling them. You know what, though? Those, uh, we'll, we'll just talk about those two examples. Where do you, when do you see those? You don't. You don't. And that's why you should hang on to them. That's my, uh, I, my card for that is that 2013 Hulk Hogan Precious Metal Gems that Upper Deck put out to employees only. Sure. And there's only 125 of them. There's a PSA 10 one that right now. Um, it just got put up for auction a couple days ago at the time of this recording anyway. And it's already way over $1,000. Wow. So I only paid $200 for a BGS 9. I jumped on it and that probably won't leave my collection unless I just need a lot of money at the time. <laughs> Honey, we're going to get ourselves a summer home. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I... I was a completist. So mm -hmm. everything back from the 85 tops, like, you know, which was really easy to get back in the day, of course. But then when uh, comic images got in the game and then getting those, even those limited chase, you know, the mm -hmm. Austin, and then there was uh, the retail uh, bonus cards uh, and then the autographs. Uh, those were hard to come by actually, because you never knew what you were getting on those. Cause you just sent a redemption right. card in and they sent you back something. So I don't know how many, you know, uh, China ones I ended up with. Uh, but uh as I, I, I was a completist. So when Fleer got the license, it became even more difficult for me. And then when Topps got the license in 05, uh, got it back, I just, I couldn't keep up anymore. So I kind of just stopped collecting as a whole and just kind of like, oh, I got a base set. I became a base set collector because they're so cheap and they never went up in value, which I always thought was a problem. Case in point, maybe you know, what's the, what's the current uh, undisputed base set going for? Uh, any like ballpark 30 to $50 for the whole base set for undisputed. I believe so. I've so seen them that I've seen them that low before. And like, uh, people just put them up for auction and nobody bids on them because not too many people want the base cards from undisputed. Really? You're yeah. shooting me. Uh, some so of them, I, it's not, it's not a consistent thing, you know, I, but, uh, I've never seen them even since like when it first came out, I've never seen them for over a hundred dollars. So they're going the same price as Chrome then you're saying? Chrome's, Chrome is cheaper. 
but though that I would say undisputed and Chrome's kind of closing the gap on the base, but people like their shiny stuff. People like Chrome better than undisputed. They just like undisputed for the big hits, but I've actually seen better stuff pulled from Chrome than I have undisputed. So it's weird. I'm looking forward to finest actually myself. Cause I, I like that. that oh yeah. Cards. Me too. So, uh, I, I met from back in the day when I collected star Wars, so I love star Wars finest. Um, so that's that's incredible to me that those those sets don't sell for very much for undisputed because I I busted two boxes didn't come close to making a set and that's right. you know you're talking 500 bucks at, at the time 500 bucks investment just to buy two boxes and you're not even gonna get 30 bucks no no it's all about those hits and uh, the uh, breaking the box breaking culture that's huge right now because a lot of people can get into an undisputed box for you know 20 or 30 bucks for the for the box break and you know participating online in the community and all that sure. and they don't want to buy the full hobby i don't blame them but i also don't like ripping boxes or packs you don't like doing that nope i have i i did a uh, youtube shorts video on my channel not too long ago where i opened a pack of basketball cards i actually just bought them to flip uh -huh. but there was a there was a hole in the top of one so nobody was going to buy it so i'm just like well i'll rip it and uh, I've made about half of my money back selling singles out of it already. But I haven't opened a pack of cards in like 20 years. I just buy singles or sealed product. That's it. There's a thrill. Obviously, there's a thrill of opening up packs and boxes. I, uh, like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's gambling. I 100% get it. And I've always fallen for that myself. But back back when I was doing uh, like one WCW tops, you know, in late 90s like that, and then comic images, and then the first uh, and almost all of the Fleer stuff, I would literally, I was buying cases. Because right. that's what I did. I had a I had a booth at a collectible show in California called Frankenstein Collectible Show, and I was the wrestling card guy, and so that's what my whole booth was mostly wrestling cards. And then I got into action figures. Then I started getting into adult stuff. And it's like that because the same demographic, a bunch of you know horny eighteen to thirty five year old guys. <laughs> and um, so I was always cracking cases. So I was I, mean, I was flipping right there all the time. So I would make my money off that stuff, and I would keep a set for myself. I go oh. And I pulled that uh, ringside rarity from Hogan's shirt card. Oh, it's got yep. three, three colors. I'm keeping that. Yep. Um, then I, you know, keep all my autograph cards and I sold those off because I didn't really care about those. But um, yeah, base sets just never hold any values like that. So obviously there, there are a couple that I've noticed that are trending upwards and they're, they're really sporadic. Uh, one of them is the 98 uh, comic images. And the thing with that car, the thing with that set is it's, and this is kind of the same thing with several of the wrestling card sets. So that set, it's The Rock, Triple H, and Steve Austin. You know, that's the three primary names of the Attitude Era, and that's their first official pack-pullable trading cards are in that set. So I remember buying that set even earlier this year for like $30, which well, is... Well, Austin technically would be 95 WCW. Oh, well, no, I meant his first WWF product as Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin. Like, yeah. you know, the characters. Sure. I think you've talked before on your show about... You know, do you define like, as far as rookie cards, are we doing the characters? Are we doing the first card? You know, what are we doing? So yeah. if people want to go that way, that's one reason. But the rock cards are what's really climbing the value. And those are up to like $100 a set now. Really? Yeah. Holy crap. I, I, those I know I have, uh, I have my own collection. But then I also have extras of not only uh, the base set in the binder with the nine card uncut that came with the binder. And I think even a couple extra sets with the chase too, I think. Um, 
because I got them from a friend of mine who called, I just got them in various places, but right. that's interesting. So I can't wait to start digging through more stories because now it's like my storage is now here in Arizona and it's in a 10 by five and it's totally unorganized. Like, it, you, it, you know, I had to take a 10 by 10 and put it all into a 10 by five. So it's really difficult and I get overwhelmed easily going through all of it. And it's just um, uh, definitely an afternoon of just taking everything out, finding stuff in the box and then putting it all back and then I'm not looking forward to it, but. Yeah, and what you, what you just said right there, like, um, I don't know about you going through your storage, but like when I get these cases of like unknown cards, like that's, I get that same excitement digging through those because I have no idea what I'm going to get. That's the same excitement to me as paying $20 for a blaster box, paying $20 for 5,000 of who knows what, you know what I mean? Sure. So I, I'm still getting that. I'm just looking at it more from a financial perspective. So uh, uh, 80s, 90s, we're talking about 80s and 90s like that. What what kind of sets does, uh, it's relatively still inexpensive that someone looking to get into wrestling, he goes, hey, I'm a big fan of the 80s wrestling, 90s wrestling. Would you like to say like the 90s classic or something like that? Yeah, although that one's starting to go up too because there's weird things like there's the WrestleMania set that had Donald Trump in the front row. Sure. So that caused that set to go up. Um, that, and the Undertaker rookie has caused that, uh, this is the 91 classic, that's gone up from what it was even six months ago. But some of those sets are any kind of anything you can get for under fifty dollars. It's got some key cards in it. I think is affordable. But Impel, um, WCW Marketing, um, eighty five tops is still aff pretty affordable. Eighty seven tops is still pretty affordable. So if you could well, find well, that, how would you define affordable for eighty five tops? I mean, come on, we've got the Hogan card now. It's getting some good. I bought I bought a set uh, probably two months ago for fifty dollars shipped. Not bad. And as some of the, the conditions on some of the other Hogan's were okay. Uh, then I did buy a lot too. It was a full collection with two additional Hogan's and I think it was a hundred. So those go for about 20 to 25 a piece raw. So I figured, uh, why not? You know, that's pretty affordable in the grand scheme of things. Now I found some stuff in my storage, like, uh, that, uh, was it sc scalings? Mm -hmm. I found that I found a set of that, but they were all nowhere near gradable. And they were all kind of a little bit arched because they've been sitting there. Oh, and that's yeah. how I remember how I got them. So uh, if I'm a collector, just to collect, it's still okay to buy those those kind of sets? Uh, some people don't care about condition. I'm one that doesn't because, and you're talking about grading. And let, Okay, if something's like arched like that, maybe not. But if something is like, um, I'll use the, you know, we're talking about the 98 comic images. I have a rock, uh, the number eight, I believe the red one. Mm -hmm. I have that card and a PSA eight grade and there's chipping all around it. And we all know, you know, grading subjective and everything, but they know going in that the, this card is susceptible to that chipping. So they grade it accordingly. And if you go look at like, um, there's a record just set recently for one of the Hogan rookies at a PSA five. Now I know it's Hogan, but in my opinion, I think any wrestling cards that are in even PSA one conditions need to be sent into graded. Maybe you're not paying for the grade, but you're paying for the authenticity when you're going to resell it. Sure. And that's another way you can make money to get up in those cards. You know, like um, I have a ton of rock cards right now from that set. And I don't, uh, to be honest, I'm not the biggest rock fan, I, but I understand his popularity. Sure. So I'm going after all the rock cards. I'll flip those and then I'll buy Hogan or Austin stuff that I really want. Yeah, I, I dug up a bunch of stuff in storage too from those 82. I picked up, I found an 82 Series B and an 83 Series A set 
for that 82, 83 series A set, every single card has a ding in the lower left corner. You think that's probably from the packaging? I don't know if it's from the packaging. That, that one corner I, I got hit or something? I don't know if it's from the packaging or it's because it's in the, they're in, in, in sleeves. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's been sitting in, I have no clue. So I, is it even worth sending in? Who knows? In my opinion, it is because I see, and this is just because I'm I'm scrolling through eBay, and that's another thing I'll talk about a minute in a minute is how you spend your time. You know, I've got saved searches on eBay, and I'm constantly checking them like three, four, five, six times a day, and I'm seeing those All Star cards, especially if you have a Hogan, Flair, Andre, stuff like that. Sure. Really low PSA grades selling for hundreds of dollars, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Uh, card Ladder, I don't know if anyone out there uses that software for it's all cards. That mainly sports cards. And I think there was like the PSA uh, five on that. I think there was like 136 increase in the last 11 months just on that card. Wow. So if it keeps climbing, and that's a slow climb compared to what other cards are doing. So if that just keeps going, I mean, if you want that Hogan, you better get in now. <laughs> uh, I, and then if I'm, if I'm a, obviously if I'm just a single, like I'm a player collector, I'm a mm -hmm. rock fan or something like that, or I'm a Kane fan or whatever. Uh, that even gets even cheaper for me to go and invest in and buy stuff then. Yeah. Like um, I told you, I like road warriors, uh, Hogan and Austin. Those are kind of my players that I collect and I've bought uh, actually I pulled out of a pack. I think I spent $5 on a 92 Merlin pack and ripped it. And I pulled a road warriors card out that was really badly off centered. I sent it into SGC to get it graded, got an 8.5, which I'm more than happy with. But that initial investment on the card was like a dollar based on the pack pull. Well, plus, and, the, plus the grading. Yeah, yeah. So there's opportunity to make money there. But if you don't want to do any of that and you just want to say, okay, I want all the, I don't know, pick somebody, Ric Flair. There's tons of Ric Flair cards. So with the exception of like that WCW autograph card that's sure. always, yeah. And then the All-Stars card. And maybe that Carnation card is a little harder to find. Mm -hmm. Most all his cards are affordable out there. So there's just so many ways to go about it. I mean, we can go on and on about grading forever and a half like that. But I guess we have to go on. Uh, we, now we're talking about investment side because we go from just from a collecting side. Now we go to investment side. Where does someone start in that? Like, I mean, is, is it the same thing as collecting where we just go, I'm going to be, you know, pick my flares. I'm going to pick my road warriors. That's what I'm going to invest in. A hundred percent. You got to be more selective on this or set collecting too. I mean, if you want to buy complete sets and settle them and flip the whole collection, that's an option. Uh, for example, I have uh, the Wonderama, 1988 Wonderama set. I bought the full complete box. It actually has the NWA sticker on yeah. the box. So I know yeah, it's one of the original that. ones. And I there's just so many cards in there. And there's some really big key cards, but I don't plan on keeping that. So I'm going to flip that whole entire thing. As a, you know, sure, I could probably make money if I took them out individually and sent them You're to grade. You're going to sell it as a set. Yes, yes. It's a 343-card set, plus if you have it's a factory one with a sticker on it, it should have all the error cards with it, too. It does. Separate little plastic. Correct. Yeah. So there's that, you know, that's an option, uh, but you got to look where you're spending your money. So um, if you're truly wanting to in, be an investment, let's look at this from a sports angle. Uh, you know, if you could pretty much put any money you want in Michael Jordan cards or like the 52 mantle card, sure. you know, th th these huge cards. Okay. So that's where I like to put my money. Hogan, Steve Austin, uh, the rock is just skyrocketing right now because he's such a pop culture phenomenon. It's a safe place. I think to throw your money. So, um, I'd say collect what you like. So 
I, you know, the rock, uh, he's okay, but I understand it. I know, I understand like how the cards work, the value of his cards, pop culture, how that affects the cards. Sure. So therefore I'll put my money there. But then there's a lot of things that get people and I, you'll, you know, this, a lot of people will know this about the early nineties sports cards. People are like prospecting, you know, buying cases of stuff like, Oh, this is going to put my kids through college, whatever. <laughs> and it just, it just tanks. Like, so you got to be really smart about this. Uh-huh. Um, NBA hoops. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there's just, there's so many different ways to go with this, just depending on how you want to, how you want to collect. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously if you're going to be going after sets, well, would sets be uh, probably go for more money than individual cards? Probably you say. Depends on what it is. You sure. know, um, uh, I saw a raw 82 set uh, for like two, $3,000 was the latest bid I saw the other day. So I saw that one too. Yeah. So no, I'd I said I don't cer- check eBay. I mean, I have to probably, if I want to become more in, involved in the investing side, I got to kind of take tips from you and stuff like that and just be back on eBay, I guess, on a more regular basis. I, I'm rarely on there. Yeah. There's all kinds of tips and tricks that you get to, you know, you end up finding, I bought uh, three Merlin Undertakers the other day from a guy. I don't remember where the, it was some other country. They were labeled as 1992. So that's why I was somehow able to get them at like five bucks a piece as opposed to $50 a piece, which is about what they go for now if you can find them. So there's all kinds of tips and tricks, but I, you just got to be careful where you're putting your money, but you also have to collect what you like. So for like, if you're buying things, okay, so say you bought that rock rookie card and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to immediately put it on eBay like the minute I get it or the minute I get it back from grading. It doesn't always work like that. Uh, I can use my vinyl collection or any kind of wrestling figure collections I used to have or stuff I've just had sitting around. I bought it because I loved it. I bought it because I, co- I collected it. And then I just let it sit there. And then, you know, I find out years later, oh, well, this record I have that I paid $5 for is now worth 200 You know, same concept with the sports card. So you have to like what you collect but you just have to also be smart where you're putting your money, which is why I don't open packs. Gotcha. Yeah. Packs. Uh, I'm reminded, uh, recently with those, uh, undisputed box and the Chrome box, both hobby boxes. I'm reminded like this, nothing's changed, man. Nothing has changed yeah. in the nineties, early two thousands. Uh, it was like, it was impossible to get your money back, you know, on a single box. Uh, if you didn't hit something that was worth anything in that box, right. Now, my odds are better. Cause I bought a case. So I, you know, a, you know, at the time, I had sold the most expensive wrestling card ever at the time. That was the 2004 Divas, uh, Ult- uh, Divas, um, was it uh, the last Fleer release they ever put out? Yeah. It was called yeah. Divas 2005, even though mm-hmm. it came out in 2004. I pulled a number five of five Trish autograph swatch card. And I sold it for $1,625. So nice. So that more than paid for my case, <laughs> obviously. And I had all this extra stuff. Uh, you know, then the flare, uh, that flare card came out and sold for two grand, literally two grand. Uh, there's a great story behind that. I plan on doing an episode about that too, because there's a lot of misconception about, uh, where, who, who sold it, you know, where did it come from? How did it get in the hands? Uh, that I do know. Um, but, uh, and it's only been the one, only one has sold. Uh, but I'm looking uh, forward to hearing that one. That should be interesting. And I'm really trying to track down the guy who was in, uh, in charge he worked both for tops and with the liaison to a WCW and everything had to go through Jimmy Hart. So Jimmy oh, Hart gotcha. was the liaison from WCW to this particular individual who worked with tops. Gotcha. So he was the one who physically sat there with everybody and had them sign cards. Uh, so he knows what was printed, but never signed. So like 
God, is there an Ultimate Warrior one? Is there an Eric oh, Bischoff yeah. one? Is yeah. there a Ted Turner one? Is there, you know, everybody wanted to know these were all rumors. Uh, the Rey Mysterio ones, I'm the one who made those public. Because <laughs> uh, he came and did a show at Frankenstein shortly after he got let go from WCW, before he signed with WWE, and he had the whole brick of the oh, unsigned wow. cards. So I had him sign some in blue, some in black, some in red. Um, awesome. But, uh, uh, you know, yeah, it's always about to like whatever you're interested in. I guess obviously whatever you feel like you want to collect. Right. You have, a, you have a very vast collection of everything that you do cassettes and, and, and vinyl and you're into you, you know, sell Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and magic. And so you have a lot of different things coming in to help fund the wrestling side that you like. So I got, but if I'm someone who I'm new to the hobby and I just want to get into like just wrestling and I have very little money. I mean, what, what would be your recommendation? Obviously just say, you know what? I'm wide open to anything. I, I don't care what it is. Uh, I'm a fan of new product. I grew up watching the 90s stuff, but what would you recommend someone to get into? You know, if you just, that, I think there is a way actually, if people, and this is kind of the overarching theme is putting in the work. Like a lot of people just want to buy packs and they think they're going to get the best card and they're not going to make their money back. Technically, if you want to put in the work, you might be able to make back 50 to 75% of your pack pulls in time through sport lots, uh, com C selling on eBay. A lot of the, you know, misconception is you can, if you have an eBay store, you can sell them for 99 cents, uh, $55 or 55 cents shipping with standard stamp. If you package it just right, you end up making 50 cents a card when it's all said and done. Sure. And that adds up over, you know, hundreds of thousands of cards that keeps adding up. So that, you know, if you can buy packs, you can go to sport lots. I am, um, I actually had somebody today put in a sport lot order for uh, Road Dog, Kane, Undertaker, and Razor Ramon cards from the 90s that I had for 18 cents a piece because those are not investment cards to me, but somebody out there is collecting those sets and building them. So, you know, I sh out the door, that guy for four cards spent maybe $3. So that's an option. Going to your local card store. Um, I was at a card store a couple months ago. And right in the middle of all the basketball was an AJ Styles autograph to like 50 or 99 or something like that for like 20 bucks. So raw cards are still affordable if you want. That's another thing too, like compared to other sports, wrestling autographs are so cheap. Like I, I don't understand it. Well, like, the, the new stuff is for all new stars because they make so many of them. I right. have so many different AJ Styles autograph cards out there. Going back to the 04 you know pacific set mm -hmm. i mean uh and then all the stuff now like I, I pulled every box i've ever bought now and recently a new stuff i pull at least one AJ styles out of it yep <laughs> so that's another thing though you you bring up the autographs maybe you just want to collect autographs that's a good way to go yeah. I, I mean i don't see those ever going any lower than they are right now so maybe you're not a base set collector but maybe you just want the autographs so that's a way to collect uh maybe you collect certain organizations too like maybe you're a wcw guy NWA guy, WWE guy, ECW, you, just, you don't like the other ones. You just want what you grew up on. That's an option. Um, and set collecting also gives you the perspective of, I like all of this time period of wrestlers. I don't have a favorite. So I want a little piece of everybody that I grew up watching. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why wrestling set collectors are so huge in, you know, in the card trading community compared to other sports. But it's also difficult if you're just getting into wrestling cards and you just want to go to the local card show um, or a card shop, either one. Uh, I know you've talked about your local stores been has some okay products, but 
it's not like you can just go to the you know glass table where they have all the baseball basketball football sure. and they just have the wrestling they don't have it it's they don't have it a lot, no it's a lot more of a niche thing so that's, but, what, that's, that's what my, my thing was when I was at the Frankenstein show. Uh, I was the wrestling card guy. There were other guys in the in there that sold wrestling merchandise, usually figures or this, that, and the other. But I was the guy that sold just exclusively cards. So guys would come in and buy all their cards from me. And of course, people saw that I was getting a lot of traffic at my booth selling cards. But it's a niche. Uh, and so you're right. You go to a, a card shop, you're not going to find a, a display case full of wrestling cards or You'd be lucky if you find a, a guy who devotes like a row in the display yeah. case to wrestling cards. Uh, you're going to find like, oh, I got this box over here of singles. Feel free to go through it if you want to. My right. local shop, I love the guy. Daryl's a great guy. Uh, you know, it's uh, 3D sports cards. Um, and he's been very nice to me, but he, keep, he keeps all the new stuff. The oldest thing he has, he has an, an Ultimate Divas collection from Fleer. <laughs> Wow, uh, and he's asking. I think it's got listed for hundred and twenty-five dollars for that box, and I'm like, okay, I guess that seems fair. But anybody who doesn't know, you need to know. There's nothing good in that box. It was all done by Redemption. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, what is a lot of it? Redemption. It's all Redemption. Yeah. Uh, the matching set uh, was all Redemption matching set for the. Um, so it's you're not going to get any money out of that. Um, well, and the other thing is, um, do you personally think there's anything in there that even if you pulled it pack fresh and you could send it to get it graded, like, are, is there enough of a market for anybody in that box to make it worth it? Nothing. That's another thing to, yeah, that's nothing. There's nothing in it. I mean, uh, what ultimate diva collection had what Linda miles was in that one at one time. I think. <laughs> uh, she became Shaniqua. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, you're going to have your Trish Stratus in there. You'll have Tori Wilson. You'll have Stacey Keebler's like that, but it's not their first cards by any long shot. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no value in there at all. Zero. Um, so it's, it's really hard to find a card shop. And uh, again, I don't know where you live. How many card shops do you have in a 30, 40 mile radius? Uh, one or two. Like that's it. And yeah. they, they don't hardly carry any wrestling, you know, sporadically, or they may have a, box like a sealed box of impel or something like that or maybe something new yeah uh, occasionally but you know and then that's it brings up another thing like there are a lot of card store owners that i don't think are progressive enough to say i should buy pokemon i should buy wrestling i should buy entertainment cards um i don't know if you've seen like the harry potter trading card game oh, yeah. like the original that's yeah. been going up like people are just not progressive enough they just want basketball baseball football and that's it so makes I, it hard uh, to buy yeah, if you're willing to spend those, the money at the store, it's hard. Yeah, some of those uh, card games you're talking about, obviously my other business is VeloCard stuff, right. where I sell the, the Raw Deal game. And I exclusively only sell Raw Deal. And I'm looking to branch out, but I'm trying to keep it within the wrestling world. So I have other manufacturers are sending me things like, hey, check out my card games. So like then they send me a sample. I'm like, eh, I don't see really a, a much of a market for this. So, like, thanks. Um but I have a friend of mine, uh, Scott, who runs Category 1 Games, and he specializes in a lot of those older, all these dead card games. So right. Star Trek and Star Wars and Harry Potter and uh, doesn't really do any magic because it's still an ongoing type of thing. Doesn't really do Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, uh, whatever those other, I don't know any of other card games. So, But he does it because, like, you're right. He's like, I could sell all the new stuff like, our competitor out in Toronto from uh, Carte Blanche Hobbies, uh, another great guy, Steve, 
he sells a lot of all the new new Yu-Gi-Oh's, new Pokemon stuff, new magic. Anything that's new, he really and he has raw deal, which is obviously old from 2007 and back. Um, he says people just don't realize there's some value in some of these older things, and you have to diversify yourself and then not just being right. I just do this. Uh, if you're going to be specializing in, in old card games. And so he does a lot of the old stuff and he makes good money off that really good money off that. Like right now he and I are both trying to get into and buy up as much as we can that old WCW card game called nitro that never. Really oh yeah. Got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm actively looking for that stuff. I really want it. I have, I have thousands of singles that I've got over the years, but I want more. <laughs> okay. You touched on a few things on it. Let's, let's start there. Sure. So uh, that's a good point is d diversifying. You know, if you just like wrestling, like that's my main focus, but I understand that the market's smaller, so it's harder to flip stuff unless sure. you've got, you know, a hundred Hogan 82s, which no one does. Well, David Peck might. David Peck might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, diversifying. So you're looking at something that's within your scope of knowledge. You know games, you know, trading card games, you know wrestling. So you see there, that might tick up. So that's an option if you're trying to build a collection on a small budget, looking at you know stuff that doesn't cost very much that no one's looking at. And then like me, I venture out to all the stuff like you said earlier, but it takes work. Like I understand like instead of binge watching Netflix, playing video games, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm like trying to learn all these other things to then build my collection. Uh, I forgot. Well, build, well, build your collection or build your inventory. Both, both, you know. And then maybe your collection does turn into your inventory because you sit on so many cards. And you're like, okay, well, I want to condense. So then you can condense, you know, a hundred cards down to the three cards you mainly want. Take all that money and put that into some big boy card. You know, maybe upgrade your eighty-two Hogan or sure. your Flair, some something like that. If, or if you're, into the, if you're in the grading side, of course, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, but have you always been like? Uh, obviously, wrestling has been a passion because they were your Absolutely. babysitters when you were a kid. Absolutely. Road Warriors. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, that's your passion. It's like that. So have you always been into collecting? Cause we're kind of going away from the wrestling with for a minute. Um, I see you doing records. I've seen you do, uh, uh cassettes. Um, yep. and some of those I'm like, yeah, King diamond, man. I, I, see I, I <laughs> yep. love that. It's good shit right there. Um, Thank you. but, uh, uh, you know, are you buying that too? Also investing in it to flip or do you also collect that stuff too? Like, Hey, I want to get that new, that old, uh, you know, merciful fate album that I didn't never had, but now I have it. Uh, a mix. Uh, so like I had, I have hundreds of records that I've been slowly like purging because I just don't, I'm, I'm almost a minimalist. Actually. I hate having stuff around my house. Like I'd rather have that money invested somewhere. Says the guy and, with the backdrop behind him, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> it's just all wax. If anyone wants to buy it, you can buy it. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing. I buy all kinds of sealed wax. I'm sure you can see a lot of it there, but guess what? It stays sealed. And I just flip the sealed wax. And I think it looks cool. It kind of it kind of makes me feel like I'm at the local card shop that I could never <laughs> afford the stuff when I was a kid. You know what I mean? It's your own little card shop. Um, so I've, I've always been a collector of everything, but I've also been a seller of everything. I've had my eBay store open since 2006. And I'm just constantly, uh, actually just recently, this is kind of the weird thing. I got, you know, you get together with your family. Well, amongst kind of the weird situation we're in now. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get together with my family during the holidays and I was trading a couple of Pokemon sealed boxes I got for a box that had Yu-Gi-Oh video games, uh, more Pokemon. I can't even remember what all was in this, this 
box that I traded a family member and I've already been flipping that stuff that I found in the box. <laughs> and then some of that stuff I flipped, I already bought a Charlotte Flair autograph out of 99 with it. So it's a lot of work. Uh, it's thinking outside the box and just, if this is really what you want to do, if you're like hundred percent of collecting, then you kind of have to go outside the box, especially in wrestling. Cause it's so narrow. There's so, and I'm hoping that changes. I think it is. We're seeing that with the market, but uh, another thing is sometimes you diversify and you end up learning stuff. So I've always been a Pokemon fan, but to be completely honest, like I love the art. I love what it's about, but it's so much to grasp. So I was like, okay, what can I, I want to be a part of this, but what do I do without throwing a bunch of money away? And I found a character, Machamp, who's a pro wrestler. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is perfect. So I just started playing collecting him. But I see that the value of Pokemon, especially if you get it graded, I would easily be able to sell those down the road if I decide to part with. So there's a, another aspect of, yes, I'm collecting a player, but it's also a kind of an investment. Did you play the game? No, I've never understood it. I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering, but well, you're one up on me. I I've never played a I never played a game until Raw Deal. So at the time, I was just doing uh, wrestling trading cards, and I thought I wanted to mix it up a little bit, but still keep within my my wheelhouse. And I got into the Raw Deal, and I got into it late in the game. I think I got it into like 04 maybe, or maybe even 05, and only lasted till 07 from 2000 to 2007. So I bought a box. And in that box, I pulled what they call a, a hot pack or a God pack. Or yeah. call it. Mm -hmm. So it was all ultra rares. And I had no concept on the value of it. Cause I don't know. I don't understand the game. It's a game. I yeah. have no understanding of it. So I'm like, okay, it's a uh, five bucks for guys, eight bucks for girls. Cause the girls always sold more. So <laughs> some guy takes a card from me called paid, laid and made uh, and buy it for five bucks. Find out it's a $40 card. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea. So I eventually had uh, the co-creator of the game sat down with me and, and taught me how to play the game. And so, yeah, I started playing, actively participating in games and, and tournaments, learning the game. Uh, but while all the while I'm trying to figure out, oh, you know, this card, even though it's a common card for like, I can pick it up for a nickel. I could sell it for a dollar because it's a good card. It's a must pack in your deck. Right. Uh, so, yeah, trying to get yourself involved in the culture a little bit to try to understand it. Uh, sometimes you have to, like, I really have no concept of, of ever, uh, no desire to get in, in a Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon. I just don't. Right. So, so you don't have a desire. You should not do it. Even if exactly. it's the, even if it's the highest money maker cards right now, you should not put anything into it. I mean, I guess I could say if you had thousands of dollars that you wanted to put in on like the top Charizard card at sure. the top grade, that's safe. But to just go out and try to jump into it and not know what you're doing and spend a bunch of money buying packs or buying singles, and it's a bad I idea. Had, I think I tried one time. I got talked into buying like three packs of Magic. <laughs> Whatever mm -hmm. release it was, I was, I bought it, and then some guy goes, oh, that card you got in there, that's, that's $50 right there for that, for that card right there. And I go, all right, you want to buy it? <laughs> like, yeah. I, have no, I have no idea what the hell it does. I don't care. Uh, and I'm like, I just... Go, okay, I got lucky. I, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't. Right. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. It's just it's so expensive for that magic stuff, anyways. I'm like, I just don't want to get involved. So, so uh, that's a little bit uh, contradicting what we just talked about. Like, sure. you need to diversify, but you need to diversify into things you either know or things that you're willing to put in the time to learn. Right. And so, and then focus on your collection on what you actually love, and kind of meld the two worlds together. 
and, and I'm, I'm game for that, which I, I've done that because you and I are very similar in a lot of ways too, because uh, I, I was a big e-bearer for a long time. I think I stopped when I hit about 25, 26,000 feedback I had. And I got, I, I was, my eBay bill was like, you know, 800 to $1,000 a month. Yeah. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm losing 24 and a half percent. My sales are all going to fees and PayPal fees and eBay fees. And I'm, it was ridiculous. So uh, I just, I narrowed everything down in just my WWE raw deal. Moved it all to a website through Crystal Commerce because they have a database that I had to kind of tailor make the whole raw deal and just kind of focus on that. Now, I've just thought about maybe start getting involved in selling wrestling singles that way, maybe through my site. I'm like, ah, it's just a lot of work that I don't think I, have the, I don't have the time for it. I remember what it took to build what I had before, and it was a mm -hmm. lot of work. There's research involved. There's uh, tapping into communities that you need to go out to now with Facebook Marketplace and Facebook uh, groups. You can tap in there. It's, just, it's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot it of is. work. And like, I love doing the work. Like, that's why I love doing this because I'm able to get what I want without spending any of my actual bill paying money or investing into actual stocks or 401k or whatever. Sure, sure. And uh, I think, you know, that's people don't want to put in the work and yep. they don't, they don't have a financial mindset to where, um, like you said earlier, you have a nickel card and you can sell it for a dollar. Sure. And most people think, oh, well, that's not worth my time. Well, what is your time worth? Would you rather have the dollar? Would you rather watch Netflix? Sure. Would you rather continue to put the work in to get that dollar at those dollars up to buy something big you want to pay a massive bill? I don't, I, I don't take any money out of anything I sell. If I, if I get the money, I'm buying product to then keep selling or put it with my collection to keep until I just really need to get rid of it. So all of your profits go back into your, into the. Absolutely. Okay. I do not spend, I have a separate whole separate account. I have taxes that are done differently for just that. And it's like, it's not, I don't make a fortune doing it, but I more than it's more than worth my time. And like I said, I have, I have cards that I never thought I would own like that Hogan uh, employee exclusive. I never thought I'd own a full set of 82, 83 all-stars that I was able to buy in one shot. Just, I never crossed my mind, but when the opportunity arose that that was available for me to purchase, I had sold enough stuff through working months and months and months that there it was. Yeah, uh, a, a quick little story for me. Um, one of my oldest memories as a kid, I, I might've been four or five years old, was taking a refrigerator box I cut a hole out of a door out of it, made a doorway out of it with a little window. I would take stuff that I would get from when we go to the, to the flea market or, you know, they call it a swap meet, go to the mm -hmm. swap meet and I'd buy little baggies of all kinds of little toys and stuff like that. Cause I, that's my allowance money I had or whatever I had. And I would take it around. I go back to home in my little store. I made myself and I take all my toys and line them all up and I'd sell it to my friends. <laughs> That's excellent. I got a similar story actually. Uh, when when AOL, remember the AOL discs, and you get so many hours. I was a, I was a programmer for them for many years. Okay, <laughs> so you're gonna know when I first got that. I was like, oh man, they have video game cheat codes on here. So I printed <laughs> off these sheets of cheat these sheets of cheat codes, and I'd sell them a dollar a sheet at school, and then I'd take those those dollars and I'd go buy Shaquille O'Neal or Dennis Rodman cards. So, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, my, it just never ends for me. My uh, my office used to be when I had an office at AOL. I had every release they ever put out, all the versions, all That's, on my wall. Every I bet you anything. If I bet you anything, if you had that right now, somebody would buy it. I bet you're right. I wish I still had them. Yep. I yep. wish I still had them. I think I, I, left them, I left them on the wall when I when I got let go from there. I was there during the the Netscape acquisition. Oh yeah. And mm -hmm. then I was there for the time. I was there to the Time Warner acquisition. 
And then uh, about eight months after Time Warner deal went and uh, they laid me off. So that was 2001 and that's the last company I worked for. Because everything else has just been about my own business, investing in myself, investing in my, in whatever collection I have or whatever uh, as I'm selling it. It's been raw deals and wrestling cards. It's been, I did a lot of non-sport stuff. A lot of guys used to call me their non-sport broker. They're like, hey, what's a hot thing to buy? I like it. Like uh, they would call me like, hey, uh, hey, should I buy the new Xena Beauty and Braun? Even though, because it's off the air now. I, I said, I, this is the last release I'd buy. They're going to be making more Xenas, but out of sight, out of mind, man. Buffy's hot right now. Angel's hot right now. But as soon as those shows are done, that stuff is going to be worthless. Outside of your, your high-end autograph cards, it's worthless. So it was always about what to buy and when, when to sell. That's the thing. Like you, you developed, you, you constantly put in the work and you developed like you're the guy for the niche thing. Yep. Uh, since we're talking about, I'll get your opinion. Like, I think I'm probably more on the investing side than you, but I, we and both. I'm, kind of, and I'm, I'm getting more into that now again. I'm getting back into that. We both kind of run in the same like circle of, of like hardcore collectors. If you had say a hundred dollars right now, what would you go buy for wrestling? Uh, if you're going to start a collection, you know? I'd have to look uh, because you're more in the research than I am right now because I don't do eBay stuff. I, I rarely look on there. And when I do, it's for my other business, which is raw deal stuff to kind of see if I'm priced accordingly. Right. Um, so would you go, well, I guess uh, like if, if, let's just take money out of it then. Uh, are you going to go for sets? Or are you going to be a player collector? Are you going to look more to what you if actually- I'm If I'm collecting or investing? Both, whatever aspect you want to take. If I'm, I'm just trying to, trying to give people some different uh, yeah, outlooks. If I'm, if I'm collecting, of course, I, I want the Grail stuff. I want the 82, 83 All-Star stuff, obviously, if I didn't already have it. Um, you know, I like I like the Attitude Era of wrestling, so maybe I would probably go after the, the 98 Comic Images Superstar set. Uh, even I'd even go for the SmackDown Chrome. I like that stuff. The Chrome stuff was shiny and cool. Yep. Um, but if I was investing... Uh, and, and money wasn't a thing. Yeah, I, obviously you got, you want to go after the the 82, 83 All Stars. Uh, I, me personally, right now, I'm very intrigued in the international stuff right now. Yeah. Like I'm, uh, I've always known that the Japanese market was huge. I didn't realize how big it really was. Even when I was doing the checklist for WTC, we knew that God, we wish I had somebody who could interpret this stuff for us so we can actually get an accurate checklist. Uh, now kind of getting back into uh, seeing all the investing side of it and seeing all those ECW cards from Japan, things like that. I want those like, so I, bad. And like I don't I've, think I'm I've ever going to find them. I've got that Raven one. It's the only one I have. Yeah. And I don't even know where the hell I got it from. It probably came in a box of stuff I got years ago. Who knows? Um, I'd be interested in investing in that. I think there's some money in that. I do too. See, that's another great thing about wrestling. Um, I recently got a uh, Quaker 1989 Quaker the Quaker, dips. The Quaker, the Quaker, yeah. So weird, but that's a cool thing about wrestling is you can find all these niches of products that put out cards, no matter if it's paper cards, big, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> that or stickers or whatever. And th there's a lot of money in that too. So this... like I just, I, like for me, something new for me, uh, about that, that Von Eric board game that someone yeah. recently, like I one never knew it existed. Uh, and two, I think it's kind of cool, but then yeah. that's where we've, uh, as WTC, we've always kind of it's a fine line to walk. It's like, what do we want to go ahead and archive for informational purposes? Is it really a trading car we want to add to it? Because uh, the gaming card side aspect of it, like it's a fine line. I'm not sure if we're going to go there or not. Yeah, I understand. But, I mean, if we have people like yourself or uh, others out there who are like, hey, I have the information on this stuff like that. Why not add it? Okay, I don't have to do the work for it. You do the research. We'll put it up there. Um, 
from an investment standpoint, yeah, I think everybody circles around the 8283 All-Stars. That's that should tell everybody where to start. But then yeah. that brings up that brings up another question. Like uh, we're going to kind of have to put our age and our knowledge aside. <laughs> um, like how many people actually like these wrestlers? Because I personally don't know that many. Like I know everybody in the set, but like I'll talk to people about them and they're like, oh, I have no idea who that is. So I'm wondering like, like, you know, if you go back and look at sports, like people know all the guys from the past, like the, you know, the guy batting ninth on the team or the sure. sixth man off the bench. But it doesn't seem like they do that with wrestling unless you're just a diehard wrestling fan. What's your opinion on that? I mean, obviously, you're going to have your household names. You're going to have your right. Hogan's. You're going to have, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to know who Ric Flair is and Hogan is and Andre is like that. But they might not know who the hell's Matt Warren. You know, I yeah. Mean, who who the hell is you know Steve Regal? I mean, who that? Yeah. I mean, they might not know who these people are. They might even know who's Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, yeah. Like who? Well, do you know? Well, I I know Daniel Bryan and I know Roman Reigns right. and I so. Yeah, it's like if you're that also brings me to like a question I think I posted to like who would you want to invest in now for 20 years, 30 years down the road? Oh, I I Charlotte Flair. That's right off the bat. That's my pick. Is it is it all those four horsemen women you think are worth no. investing in? Just no. her? Uh Becky Lynch maybe, Charlotte, uh, maybe Sasha, but uh Becky Lynch and Charlotte are like right there for me. So Becky, Charlotte, you said maybe Sasha. What about Bailey? Yeah, it's right there with. I don't think so. No. Okay. That's uh, just I, me. Yeah. But, well, yeah, and I, I kind of agree with you on the ranking. You know, what's interesting though is I would rather buy Bailey than Roman Reigns or of course Black or Braun Strowman or any of the guys out right now, which is strange. Well, and then so again, showing my lack of knowledge when it comes to current product and 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 you know people wrestling now i've opened those last two boxes if you watch any of those box breaks i'm like oh this is um bobby fish i guess mr and mrs fish's son um i <laughs> i have no idea who this guy is <laughs> it, i again i just don't know so um if i'm new to wanting to invest now i'm a younger person in my 20s which is considerably younger than me um <laughs> uh yeah i don't know where i want to start i guess it's confusing, probably, isn't it? It is. It is. It's not. It's not like a traditional sport where I like. I know. I know Mantle's worth investing in. I know that Babe Ruth is worth investing in. But you know, Hogan is the Babe Ruth of wrestling. So obviously, I would probably collect him because that's just he's known. Uh, well, I know Dwayne Johnson, so I guess Rock cards would be good to get. Um, I don't know. That's a good question, really. It really is a good question. It also brings me into another question and I can't get a straight answer from anybody on this. And I want to do a separate video on my sure. channel, just all about it. Like where are the wrestling card collectors? I'm, I'm, I'm doing another call out everybody right now. Where are you? You know, you like all you guys, your diehard fans, whether it's AEW, WWE, Indies, whatever you go buy these t-shirts that you're not going to have in a few years, you go buy wrestling figures, which instant, like they have just been going down in value actually over the past few years, unless you have some really rare stuff. Uh, they buy autographed eight by tens, all this stuff, all that stuff tanks in value. Yet mm -hmm. indie card sets, classic card sets, like they all just keep going up. You get them yeah. graded times ten. That I don't understand. What do you think? Yeah, I like to know where all these collectors are, anyways. But well, my theory about it has always been that trading cards as a whole and across every genre of trading cards, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, wrestling, is always the lowest collectible form 
everybody collects the helmets and the jerseys and this, that, and the other. And wrestling, it's like you said, action figures, eight by tens, you know, the encyclopedia every year they got to get, um, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Uh, and that's always, so I've always understood that wrestling cards has always been the lowest form of collectibles. But where are all those diehards at? Like, you know, yeah. we know we know you and David Pack and, and Rob England and all these guys, you know, they're more of the vintage kind of guys. They don't collect new stuff. Uh, but where, what does it take to get someone new into the hobby, like to collect or to invest? Uh, it's, how do you go about getting someone like that new? I, I know like that Brody the Kid, I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. I love his videos. I think what he's doing for the hobby is amazing and great. I wish he did more about wrestling. <laughs> right. Uh, somebody needs to go and needs to go out there and, and educate people like, hey, there's trading cards and there's value in it too. It's going to hold more value than your stupid 50th version of Roman Reigns or John Cena action figure. Yeah. And even like um, I would, perf I would feel safer putting $20 in a Chrome blaster box and opening it sure. right now than I would buying uh, now, I understand if you go to a wrestling show and you want to support the wrestler direct, then, you know, go buy their shirt, sure. buy their figure, whatever, or buy their cards. You know, we've started seeing that a lot, which is a super lot cool. Of it. There's a lot of but it out there making homemade stuff. We're seeing, like, all these other sports, like, even though, like, we'll just say Panini, they own all the rights to all the basketball cards. They're selling out everywhere, and they're going for, you know, thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's a, it's a worldwide market. Well, guess what? So is wrestling. I think, even, um, I think even more so. Tops owns all the WWE product, just like Panini owns all the basketball. So even if they're overprinting, well, the reason it's not holding value, it clicked the other day. There's nobody buying them because the wrestling fans are spending their money elsewhere. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, and how, do you, how would you propose that wrestling fans become aware of trading cards? Even current product, just current product. I don't think WWE does a good job marketing. Well, they That's the first... Yeah, they don't, they don't care. care. Yeah, that's that's top's job. Uh, another thing could be generational. You know, it's a it's a lot harder to get younger people right now into physical things, other than like I guess like they understand action figures, which sure, I, I get physical, they, and they still right. buy they still collect and buy DVDs for Christ's sake, even though the network's there. Yep. Um, and I, I used to think that well because they're pricing kids out, but then again I go shit, Magic and Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon are expensive per packs too. I mean. I mean, what's and there's there, like Pokemon and wrestling are the same worlds. Yeah, they're they're fictional characters in a sort that, you know, if they let's say Hogan, Hulk Hogan's not wrestling anymore, so he's not going to tear an ACL. Charizard's not going to tear an ACL, <laughs> like, you know, so like <laughs> they're safe. Yeah, they <laughs> are, they're safe. I would probably be even more like I think if the wrestling trading card modern cards were a little bit more active. I would probably even be more into the modern product and you never know, maybe that's going to make me want to watch wrestling more uh, just because all the time that I put into doing the cards and my channel and all that stuff, I don't have time to watch modern wrestling as much as I used to. It's a lot easier just to throw on the network or throw on some old stuff I have from like the seventies or whatever. But recently you play, you play in the background while you're doing your homework. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, so it's, I don't keep up with it as much, but I'm wondering like, and the thing that got me thinking about this was the new AEW cards that supposedly are coming out with upper deck. Upper I mean, deck, that's, yeah. yeah, I said that I think on a couple of shows ago, I was like, man, I hope upper deck gets yeah. this and then bam, there they are. But I'm wondering like if these really, cause AEW fans are pretty diehard. If this starts picking up, like, am I going to, is it going to make me want to watch the product even more? 
Could be. Well, because the card, you know, trading card right. is, your, is your thing. So now yeah, it, it draws you in. Um, I hope so. I hope that uh, AEW goes about as an organization goes, hey, we're going to go ahead and sell this at our shows. Because you right. don't find any trading cards at wrestling events, wrestling shows. Nope. For WWE. For WWE. Like you said, you will find it from independent people because uh, a lot of these guys are getting these homemade cards are coming out, um, which is another whole segment I really want to talk about, about these homemade things. Um, uh, I, I would love to see those collectors out there who collect other stuff start picking up on the, on the trading cards and just watch it kind of explode a little more. Uh, yep. But it's never been that way. It's never been that way. This is the time to do it too, which makes no sense. I mean, guys like me and you, David, Rob, like we know the market a little bit. We're seeing what's going up and down, but like your average person that tunes into Raw and NXT right now, they don't have a clue what's going on. Which is the whole point of this episode here is to talk Correct. about, you know, collecting. And so if I'm, if I'm new, I go, Oh, Hey, there's trading cards. Are they expensive? How much would it cost me to buy a pack of cards or to get a car, you know, this, that, I mean, uh, we have many computers in our hands, <laughs> spend, spend time doing research because as, as much as I think I know about these things, I don't know everything. We don't, none of us do. Oh, no. maybe David and Rob actually, they, they well, know it all. But. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I tell you when we, when we started WTC, man, uh, there was a, there was legit a point where we go, we, we got them. We got everything. There's, there's no more sets. We, we've, we've archived every set there exists and always, always, a set would come here and a set would come. We thought, oh, we're caught up. Now I'll just keep up the FLIR stuff. As FLIR keeps putting stuff out, we're, we're always caught up. Wait, there's a shit set from Germany? Wait, there's a set from Peru? Wait, there's a set from Argentina? Where the hell is this coming from, man? <laughs> you never going to know it all. Never. Right. But, and, I mean, taking the first step is trying to learn. But, hey, you know what? Maybe the first step is just going to Walmart and buying a blaster box and doing just what I said not to do and yeah. opening it up. Maybe just learning about yeah. how it works you know looking at the odds on the side of the box to see okay well these cards exist they're this many per pack on odds that's a great place to start for 20 bucks i mean and you're not 20 bucks is you're not out that much i think we need to do an episode at some point where we can educate people on how uh about the hobby itself about cards itself what does it mean about odds? What are, what are parallels? What are these? What are that? Because it's confusing because it's so funny. Uh, I listened to Howard Stern today. And today on Howard Stern, they have one of the guys, uh, JD, was on there saying that he got involved in buying some baseball cards and that he bought in $89 to get in and buy baseball cards. And so Robin and, and Howard had no, what, what do you mean? How, how does that work? What do you mean? So who packs them? What do you mean you bought it for a pack? You got it. Like people don't have any clue how that works. I think that's need, they need to be educated on how what's a pack, and it costs how much for a pack? There's a packs in a box. What do you what do you what do you, how does that work? What do you, who who's making these? Who's packing these up? Is is Zon buy? Is he doing that? I have to buy from him. <laughs> they, they don't know. Uh, yeah, so it needs to be. That's where it kind of really starts is educating people about packs, boxes, singles, raw, graded, this, that, the other. Uh, you know, really just talking to somebody and say. Teach me like I'm in kindergarten. How do I buy these? How do I and start? I, I think also you got to look at why. Why do you start? And like I've tried to explain this to some people that are younger than me that maybe they kind of see what I'm doing with cards or any kind of collectible. And they're like, why do you do that? So I always like to pull out that uh, 87 Hogan that I have. that's all bent and creased sure. and everything. And I've, I've had it since I was like five years old and I'm never getting rid of it. 
I think I decided I'm going to get it graded, and I'm hoping for like a PSA one on it. That would be great. <laughs> fantastic. But like, you have to explain to people like why is it important, and sometimes they just don't get it. But then they think other things are important, so it's it's really hard to try to explain to people that just have no idea. It's and it's, it's the Gary V mindset of like you know like you and you've you've pointed out several times. Am I going to sit around and watch Netflix all day, or am I going to do my homework and actually put the work in to go out there and whether it be collecting or yeah. investing, it doesn't matter. That's a good point. It's just whether it be collecting or investing, am I going to spend an hour of my day, just give myself an hour to go on eBay, look online. We have, like you said, we have all the you know power in the world right here to sit there and, just, and do our research. How much time do I want to put into wanting to go out and invest, invest my time to either invest in the hobby or just to collect for fun? Right. And I think people need to like, be safe where, be like thoughtful where you're putting your money, but also why are you buying it? You know, why am I buying Hogan? I mean, come on. That was like the, the childhood God when sure. we were growing up. Everybody wanted to be Hogan. Why are you buying Steve Austin? Because everybody wants to tell your boss where to go sure. and throw <laughs> beer on him. And all. like, there's reasons why we do this. And then you pick up that card and you look at the picture and you're just like, I remember where I was where I bought this, or I remember this TV episode this was taken at like I was recently looking through the 98 comic images and I came across that Steve Austin card where he was wearing the vest with no shirt and had the tie on you remember that yeah, episode yeah, I remember, of Raw? I remember that episode yeah so oh like, no I, Austin's going all corporate <laughs> yep I immediately went back to that and I just wish that like more younger fans or modern fans that would kind of see the correlation of that and they do with wrestling figures which I've said several times on here yeah. I got out of wrestling figures because unless you have like the chase versions or certain versions, they're just going down, down, down. And I got tired of shipping them because and they're in a big box. Cards are easier to ship. They're easier to store. You can store 5,000 in a tiny box. That's sure. 5,000 wrestling figures, you know. Back when I was in California, I had a uh, guest room slash game room. And uh, I did for a brief while get into action figures, but I only collected the classic superstars. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That series. So series one had, you know, Michaels and Triple H and, uh, you know, I can't remember who else, I think Undertaker. So what I did was I collected them, put them in order by release series in alphabetical order by name. And I thought, God, I mean, it's kind of cool. And now that I do conventions all over the country, I'm going to start taking them with me and get them signed. Right. And so I was like, oh, Arn Anderson's going to be there. I would take it with me. And I had them all signed. And then I just got like, it became too much because it just kept coming yeah. out. And like I said, they're bulky to take up room. Even though they were all in my room, I went all around from the top and then came back around again and then came back around again. I think I had four rows of them going all through the entire room. And eventually I'd said, I can't, I can't build it anymore. So I sold them all. <laughs> um, something else that brings up too, like, I think, like, I think wrestling figures are awesome looking if you have them displayed, like you just said, sure. but if you look at the value too, like, you can find, okay, for example, the Undertaker, like I've seen Undertaker because he seems to be signing a little bit more now. Oh, yeah. Um, so you'll see his Funkos or his classic superstars or whatever. And the value of those is like a third of the value of an autographed card that he has that may or may not even be serial numbered. So the cards are already worth more, even though they're less popular. Kind Again, of it, becomes, it becomes a supply and demand thing. So like that, because he, just like you said, he's signing at conventions more. He's done uh, several pro uh, private signings. I mean, he's an icon. No question about that. But the more he signs, the value starts to go down. Yeah. And then, then you're just strictly looking at, you know, products that are released in cards. Correct. There you go. Back to cards because there's serial numbers, there's parallels. 
which limits the number of specific things. Even so. the old stuff that they mass produce, the Merlin stuff. I've got a ton of Merlin uh, product, ton of singles. And uh, I sent a bunch in for my first grading batch. Uh, those are going to hold more value, I think, than anything else of his over the long run because the more he keeps signing, you know, unless something ungodly happens and he passed away, you know, t today, it's like that. You know, I, I think that the product that's out there now just goes up. But the longer he keeps signing and signing and signing and signing and more figures, that stuff is going to go down in value or it's not going to really peak anymore. I think that the cards are always going to hold some value. Yep. Cards are so overlooked uh, yep. across everything. Even people who like, you got to be in this, like, you, it's like being in part of an exclusive group almost. It's like, you know, uh, uh, oh, trading cards. I, I used to do that when I was a kid. Uh, I, I do it as an adult, you know, because there's value in it. <laughs> um, I think more kids need to get into that. Kids who are like who like Rey Mysterio and like Roman Reigns and like you know uh, Dean Ambrose or whatever the John Mox, whatever the hell his name is now. Yeah, uh, those people need to be educated. Like, hey, remember when you were a kid? Kid, you know, you liked baseball and stuff like that, and basketball and football. There's value in wrestling, man. Why don't you buy? You know, it's cheap right now too with the new product. Yeah, and I think Tops, like as far as the product itself, I think they do a great job as far as the design. They do some cool shiny stuff, autograph serial. I think they do okay in relation to other sports. Like we see what's sure. We I did I was I went to the 3D Sports down the street from me, and he has me had me on as a guest for his live weekly Wednesday night thing, and he broke up. All we did was break open a box of the 2019 NXT. That how'd was that go? Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hundred percent garbage. <laughs> It was so bad. I go, the design was bad. The the flimsiness of the card, like oh, the card stock was, was horrible. Um, but then again, you know, here I am getting back into wrestling cards, new stuff. And my first two releases are, that I've got invested in were undisputed and Chrome. So I go back to those little NXT cards. Like I'm using thick cards now. I'm as heavy stock and stuff like that. Like the NXT, it, were, it was horrible. It was absolutely like, God damn, I'm glad I didn't buy this. <laughs> Uh, two other things I want to touch on you. You're talking about people that are deceased. Um, for the most part, like uh, uh, two examples I can use are Kamala and Bobby Heenan. And they the minute they passed away, I was like, oh, just out of coincidence. I actually don't own any of their autos, but I was like, out of coincidence, I'm just going to go check and see what the market is on these. It maybe went up 10%. Maybe. And I'm like, why is this? If this was any other sport or a celebrity or something, it would be like, times a hundred you know what i mean kind of strange um weird. yeah i mean uh typically in the first 72 hours somebody passed away when things peak and then they kind of plateau out right from there um, not that i think anybody should take advantage of that but i was no, just thought no. it would be an interesting thing because i see it in sports i don't see it in wrestling so I, mean, I, I, had, I had a lot of cool eddie guerrero cards and like that i never capitalized on any of that stuff like that i'm like this is my stuff i'm keeping it but um yeah there's i know i know people in the business that do that exclusively <laughs> they invest in stuff and they kind of like oh, you know that person's getting up in age betty white i better start investing more stuff you know and that's that's not a terrible idea i mean who knows maybe they're xena collectors and they want to get all those psa 10s so <laughs> they're gonna take that money and put it in the xena stuff <laughs> nah, yeah, whatever um <laughs> uh, so there's definitely two different worlds to get involved in it's gonna be one's gonna be collecting Collecting seems to be easier to get into than it would be just to invest. Right. There's a lot less work involved, homework-wise, uh, in just collecting than there is investing. 
except for learning checklists and stuff. Because, I mean, if you go buy something off the shelf, they don't do a good job anymore of telling you where to go to do more research. Here's a checklist. You know, we all used to hate those when you get them in a pack, but at least you know who was in the set. So, yes and no. God, what was the last wrestling card set to actually include a checklist? Was it uh, Heritage Chrome 2006? Uh, (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Because that's like, oh, well, my set's not complete. I'm looking for the refractor version. Well, we didn't do refractor of the checklist. Just, uh, (laughs) oh, that sucks. Um, Uh, Another thing I think that you can meld the two worlds of investing and collecting, you don't have to, like, okay, so let's say your favorite wrestler is Hogan, okay? Hypothetically, let's just say you want the best card you can get. Okay, let's say you have the money. You can find a PSA 10 Hogan 82 card. That's your collection. Just buy the one. Yeah. And you've got the best of the best. You don't have to have a hundred of cards. You don't have to have all this money. You just, you, you put all your money in one thing as it easily. Goes, it goes downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> everything, you know, everything else becomes like, oh, well now I yeah. can go out there and get the 85 top cuts. Like nothing compared to the 82. I can go get the 87 top. And that's kind of why I've uh, put most of my actual personal collection focus on Road Warriors, Hogan, Steve Austin. And because I don't want to be all over the place. I do want to have the knowledge of all over the place so I can know what I can buy and sell of what's popular, but maybe I'm not a fan. So there's a, you know, people, I think it's a misconception for a collection. You've got to have like thousands of cards. I know like high end NBA collectors that have like six cards, maybe 10 cards, but they're like super high end and it's, it's exactly what they wanted. So. Again, it's different strokes for different folks on what they want. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, if you want to be a basic collector, maybe I'm a guy who only collects parallel. Maybe I'm a guy who only collects up at one particular star. That's why I stick with that star. Uh, you know, or maybe I just do autographs or maybe I just do relics, uh, yep. you know, whatever it may be. Uh, so it, uh, it's a good stepping stone is finding out, identifying, well, what is it that I want to collect? Right. Okay? That's the first thing you need to do is identify what you want to collect and then like, how do you want to go about doing it? First two things you got to ask yourself. And then eBay is probably the most standard place to go to and just start checking from there. Yep. eBay. And then once you kind of learn a little bit of the market, you can start going to Facebook groups or Insta. There's a lot of sales that take place on Instagram privately. Um, there's sport lots. I told you about, you can get wrestling cards for as little as 18 cents uh, with shipping and handling. Maybe that ends up being like a dollar a piece, but it's, it's an option. Sure. Or just go to Walmart and buy Topps Chrome because it's actually a pretty good product. If you can find it in there, Jesus. I've been finding a lot of it around here, but I can't find anything else. Like Pokemon's drying up, basketball's gone, football's gone, but there's a little bit of wrestling still. So. I think I went by to big Christmas lights the other day. I got to go by tonight too. Um, and uh, I found a box of NHL, I think it was, some NHL box. Yep. I'm like, that's it. They had all the little gift packs of magic and Yu-Gi-Oh stuff yeah. and like that and, and Pokemon stuff, but there's nothing. I'm like, I would have bought a box of tops Chrome. Cause it seems to be the only place I can get X-Fractors if I want to get X-Fractors. Right. Yeah. Which those are fan. Those are great looking. I'm just like, I'm not going to open any of the Chrome stuff, but uh, I'm actually have a video and I don't know when this is going to air, but I've got a video coming up in a couple of weeks about uh, five alternative investments to tops Chrome. And as opposed to the undisputed set, which I did a video on that five alternative investments to. I saw that. I like undisputed. that one. This one, I'm not so like against Chrome. There's so many more aspects of it that I understand from a monetary perspective and a collector's inspector or perspective, I should say, than undisputed. I just think it's a much better set. So if you're just getting into collecting, get 20 bucks, go to Walmart. If you can find it, buy a box. 
Yeah, I, I would have bought one just to, to get an, an X Fractor. I think they're pretty looking cards. Um, Cause I think I have a few lying around from the old uh, 05, 06, 07 tops heritage stuff, uh, chromes. I, I have uh, one rock X Fractor that I got for like a really good deal. And I was like, man, this just looks great. Yeah, I think I have one Undertaker X Fractor. That's even better. Yeah, I think I have one from the Allen and Ginter. Allen and Ginter. Style, yeah, style X Fractor. Um, That's awesome. And then I have a, I have at least two full sets of refractors of, o, of the 06 tops. Um, and those I don't care about. I would love to just sell those as a set and get rid of them. You know, and I'll keep one for myself, but I'll sell it. Yeah. I have, I have multiples. Um, Cause I was like really into getting those refractors back then. But that's when I realized going, God, I can't get into these and get the autographs and get this. I just, I got to stop. I got to stop. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly like, I think you need to narrow right off the bat what you want to do because you'll get, you'll get to your, your focus will start going elsewhere. And before you know it, you've spent money elsewhere that you aren't going to keep. Spent. Yeah. Shouldn't have spent. And, it's and you know, too much. another thing with wrestling, like say you're a, just a base set collector. Do you know how easy it actually would be to get like all the primary releases from like the eighties to now it, it's be relatively easy and relatively inexpensive when you stop and think about it, because there just wasn't as much. So I, I ask you again, where does someone starts like that? But again, it's like, if I'm just going to collect sets, you know, it depends on what era you like, you know, yeah. first stuff. So, I mean, yeah. uh, if you want to get, you know, if you're the last 10 years, there's a shit ton of product out there. You can go out there and invest in, uh, to collect real easily. Um, right. You know, the 90 classics, 91 classic, uh, 87 tops, still relatively pretty easy to find as a set. Yep. I would um, say like the two right now, the most affordable and probably the most iconic that I think it'd be like, okay, it's going to have all the names you want. It's probably a safe place to put your money and you're going to get all the guys you like. Probably 87 tops, 85 tops, 91 classic. Those would be my picks. You go 91 classic before 90 classic? Yeah, because it has the Undertaker cards in it. Excellent. Yeah. And we got yeah, Ultimate Warrior 90 classic, which, by the way, I do I do have. I got to get your address. I want to send you. Yeah. Send for you. those 89, the 89 yeah. Warrior. Yeah. I've got about 40 or 50 of those. Man, that's that's awesome. I, it's, I didn't realize I had that many of them. But uh, when my friend, uh, when my partner David and I were going through and trying to put that checklist together, um, I struck gold at a, at a, some little flea marketplace like that. And the, everything that guy had, when it came to like, I thought 90 classic, I go, I really don't want to buy any more 90 classic. I've got a bunch of that already. And I looked at the st packaging like that. I looked at the cards themselves. I go, these all have the 89 copyright deal on them. These are the 89 versions. I took them all. Right. <laughs> I took Good them choice. all of them. Uh, and then I found that a lot of that, it was in those blister packs. Those blister packs had a lot of 89 versions in it. So, that actually brings up another thing I want to talk about real quick, as long as we have time. Yeah. Um, if you're a player collector, you're like, you zoom in, you're like, okay, I want like all the cards of this player, or I want all the autographs of this player. When you start going down that rabbit hole, you start finding like all of these different things within that little lane that you're in. And then you can just focus on that as opposed to not worrying about new product release or this or that. You could just focus on just building that exact player collection or the parallel collection or whatever. So just something else I wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Again, it's, it's all identifying what it is that you really want to collect. I mean, right. And then, um, you know, uh, determining what, you know, how much you want to spend. Right. Um, cause collecting obviously is a lot different than, than when you're investing. So like that, there's a bit more work involved when it comes to investing. like that. 
Yeah, there is. I just think there, there's a there's a sweet spot in the middle. Um, a prime example of that would be like if you're a sports fan and you like the junk wax stuff. Like so, okay, everybody knows like Shaq rookie cards are printed out the wazoo. But let's just say you wanted like that was your favorite player. Go spend the money, get a PSA 10 version, and sit on it. It's not going to go down in value, sure. but it's not going to be like a fortune either. It's a nice, happy medium, and you don't have to have all the Shaq cards. You have the best one. Sure. Yeah, I know a lot of guys, you point out earlier, some guys are just, they buy their grader, they got a, a seven of a Hogan, but you know what? Now I can afford an eight or a nine right. and then buy that and sell off your seven. Correct. Um, so yeah, there's multiple ways to go about it. It's like that. It just, um, and there's so much product, but Tops puts out too, to me, for new stuff, Tops puts out too much product. They do, but then that goes back to what I'm saying is like Panini is putting out almost the exact amount of basketball and football as Tops is doing wrestling, but yet they can't keep it on the shelves. And it's like, sell. It's, it's ridiculous how inflated those prices are. People can't get enough of it. It's just, there's not enough wrestling fans to consume the amount that's being pr printed. So. Which is sad and untruthful, I think, in a sense, because there are enough wrestling fans. They just, for whatever reason, don't seem to be connected with trading cards. Correct. How do we change that, that mentality, that culture? That's the whole reason I started the channel. And you know what's really sad is I've actually gotten more sports, traditional sports card collectors to realize, oh, yeah, I actually used to like wrestling. Let me go buy The Rock. Let me go buy Hogan. Let me go buy Flair. And that, and that's awesome. fine, too, because at least your channel is providing an avenue like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, and that's the whole reason I started the channel is to just get wrestling cards. And I'm hoping that's why you did, too. Exactly. Let's, let's get wrestling cards into the forefront. But I just wish that I could connect. I, I'll, I want all the fans possible, all the subscriptions sure. I can. I wish we had, like, more true wrestling fans coming in and realizing that, hey, these are out here. Maybe I should go buy these old things. Maybe I should look at the new stuff that I'm watching. Um, fingers crossed that changes. I'm, I'm going to write that down as a good note. I'm actually going to write that down. I'm actually going to do an episode. Um, just going to put fans, remind me. I'm just going to get an episode of just people who don't even collect that I know are wrestling oh, fans a... uh, because I, you know, my other business is booking talent for events. You know, I work with Kevin mm -hmm. Nash and other guys like that. Um, I work with a guy named David uh, uh, Gomez from the wrestling guy store. He's the owner of a wrestling guy store. Every once in a while, he sells packs of cards, but he doesn't collect himself. He collects other things wrestling, owns a damn store about wrestling, but he doesn't collect wrestling cards. I want to get him and some other guys, and I want to get their opinions on why don't you collect wrestling cards? What would it take for you to get into, into collecting wrestling cards? Yeah, it'd be great if you could get um... – uh, I would jump on here, but you could get David or Rob or anybody that get the hardcore collectors and try to, you know, see like, cause maybe there's a wrestling fan that collects, you know, belts or something. Maybe there's some, there's a reason that they're doing that. Maybe they're making more money. Maybe they're just wanting event use stuff. I don't know. But it's cool to see like the two worlds meld together and try to have a discussion about yeah. that. I, that's a great idea. So I just put down fans that remind me as a note, but I, I already have a couple of people in mind that I think would like to jump on and uh, just I can't wait to watch that and then uh, find out why don't you collect? <laughs> that's a good take, idea. You know? Um, uh, well, cool, man. Um, I, I think it's a good discussion to have about investing and collecting. Uh, I'm kind of getting back into those things from both sides. Like right. uh, I have things in my inventory I want to get rid of because I already have one for myself. There's no need for me to have anything else. Um, Correct. And uh, so just kind of move it along, move it along. But uh, uh, collecting, I just kind of, 
I'm not a fan of the product right now to begin with. So there's nothing for me to collect right now. So for me to collect current stuff, I have no interest. I'm more interested in collecting uh, indie stuff. Yeah. So I was just getting ready to ask, what are you mainly targeting right now in your, in your personal collection that you're My not looking to? I already got what I want. <laughs> Unless I'm looking for old stuff. Like, you know, I'd love to have that Kurt Angle Olympic card that Rob England has like that. Right. I, even, I even reached out to Kurt myself and asked me how he's like, I don't have any. <laughs> um, uh, I'd love to find some of that stuff from like the, that, that I mean, the Holy Grail, they call that the poppy, you know, yeah. Hogan card. Uh, those are more of interest to me. It's like that, finding those kind of things for my collection. Right, but you still like, you're still down a path that you're not going to get bored with. Like Correct. there's still something there. I think a lot of people will think like, oh, well, I'll just buy everything I want and then I'm done. But no. like you, you start figuring out there's different ways to go about it and it never no. gets old. I'm intrigued now by those ECW cards from Japan. Um, Please let me know if you have those. Like, okay. I mean, if you, if you get a lead on them, cause I've yeah. like, that's one th set that I would get and I would not sell them ever. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just have the Raven one and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd love to get my hands on that. Uh, I'd love to talk to Tommy dreamer about it. I've heard he, yeah. knows, he knows about it. So uh, I can reach out to him again, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I, there's nothing from current product that I'm interested in collecting as a set as autographs, nothing. I mean, you, you have a Charlotte flair. You said you got, yeah, I'm coming around on it, but I'm very, very selective on like, I, I don't want anything to do with base cards. Uh, it's gotta be serial numbered autographed parallel, all three of those combined. And it has to be something that I can send off to get graded yeah, or just, I'm just uh, not interested. I just, uh, my next batch is what I'm sending off that one Charlotte one. <laughs> the one that I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, cause I'm like, I gotta, I gotta come up with 20 cards. Yeah, right? like, that's the perfect, that card is the perfect example I'm talking about. It was a parallel serial number autograph and yeah. it's a superstar. Like that's four combinations that's built in scarcity. Okay, I can put 20, 30, $40 into this card and I don't see it going down. Yep. So, uh, you know, I'm interested in, in that aspect. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what I get from it. And okay, so what am I gonna sit on? What am I gonna sell, flip, you know, right. kind of thing. Uh, but. I'm actively looking again for product and I'm hoping to find boxes of like, you know, Oh, there's some cool stuff in here. Some 85 cops in here. Something like that. You know, uh, that's what I'm mostly interested in for myself. I just don't have any interest in, in new product. One, because I'm not a fan of the new product. I don't watch it. Right. Uh, so, but, and two, I just uh, think it's overproduced. I don't really care for it. All of the Chrome stuff looks really nice. And the, uh, and I, I may, I may keep that one. If I can finish the set, I may keep it, you know, it's a or, nice looking part and fingers crossed. We get that finest set before too long. When's it supposed to come out? Do you know? I thought it was supposed to be out by the end of the year, which I don't think is going to happen. But even if it's early next year, I'd be okay with that. I just want to see it. That's another thing too. I think there's too much coming out. There's wrestling fans, I think are a little bit different than other sports fans. You know, the NHL has one of the more higher income brackets of fans than any other sport. So their stuff tends to kind of go for, I guess, does it not go for more money? The NHL stuff kind of go for basketball is number one right now. Um, Actually, hockey is, I think, a little bit closer to wrestling in that it's a smaller fan base, and they don't, I don't think they print quite as much. Okay. So uh, it's, yeah, it definitely goes um, basketball and then, like, football, baseball, hockey is probably the order. And Pokemon's even passing sports right now. Well, it's a trading card aspect is what you're looking yeah. at. That's mm -hmm. all, yeah. I don't know. That's um, interesting. So I, I have no interest in any other sports like that. I mean, it's just, it's hard to keep up with all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. But I think what I want to do with my batch of stuff that, I, that I've invested in, I'm going to keep it, like what you said, I'm going to keep it separate from everything else and just reinvest it back into something else. 
yep. just keep doing that and maybe pick up a few gems here and there along the way going god i finally got this car can't believe i got this car in my collection finally and so let me throw another example out like that charlotte flair that you're going to send in let's say you get it back whether no matter the grade let's it's, shoot it to be a seven or an eight whatever let's say you're like man this is a really cool card all of a sudden you want to start collecting charlotte flair i'm not saying you're going to but it's yeah, a possibility who knows Right. So then you start buying all these Charlotte Flair cards, but then all of a sudden you see like the Grail Hogan you want. Well, guess what? I can take the 30 Charlotte Flair cards I have and just exactly. get rid of them. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. That's right. It's exactly how I look at it. Like, Hey, I can get, I can get into more Charlotte stuff. Sure. Why not? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a prime example. I just did it this week. I finally got my hands on the undertaker out of 500 on card auto and action packs. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. 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 Finally found one at an affordable price. And I'm like, well, I can pay for this out of my own pocket, but I don't want to. What can I do? I flipped a bunch of basketball cards that I have no attachment to that I made money on, took all that money. There you go. There you go. Exactly. That's kind of what I want to do. Uh, it pains me that I got rid of those cards back in the day too. I had those because at the time I was just yep. trying to, I started dumbing down my collection years ago to just base sets and chase, but, you know, the base chase. Right. Uh, you know, cause they had like the, the Omni cards, you know, from the uh, superstar sets or, um, and I, you know, a couple of relics, like I would keep obviously the Farouk knee brace and that stuff like that. And, uh, that, that Are you going to send those to get graded? When I find them? Yeah, I think I will. Yeah. Man, you're going to have, you're going to have like pop one probably. Um, uh, I probably will do that. Um, and I just got to find the box. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I just don't, nothing else really interests me. I just think I'm going to just keep with that. Um, so uh, this is a little bit off subject, but since we're talking about that, um, I'm still a firm believer in grading all wrestling, especially if it's like vintage stuff because of authenticity. If you're going to resell, you've got a authentic grade that it's a real card. It's not a fake. And here's what it graded as, as opposed to I've, I've had a little bit of problems, not as much as others selling raw cards. Uh, you know, if it comes back, eBay's, uh, buyer protection is like ridiculous. So people can send cards back for any reason. So that's another reason why I think you should just get everything graded. Correct. Um, speaking of the gradient, uh, and I'll talk to you off, off when we're done. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, so collecting, investing seems to be a little bit of a crossover there, but collecting just, you know, collect what you like, man. Yep. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Just collect what you like. There's, I guess there's a, a price point for everybody who wants to get yep. in just like that. There's um, as little as a dollar or as much as a, you know, hundreds of thousands, whatever you want to get into. And then investing is more homework. Uh, it can be done, but homework, 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 stop yep. the Netflixing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it can be. And, and if, even if you don't want to look at it, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of an investment, but it's, it's secondary income maybe. And this could be for anything. Sorry to get off on a tangent here, sure. but like whatever you're into, like if you just put the hours into it and you can find an avenue to make money on something you have knowledge and passion about, then maybe that can help pay the bills, make it help you get a new career. I don't it's know. The number, the number one thing though, too, and that's what even Gary Vee talks about too, is the passion about it. Yep. If you got the passion for it, why the fuck not go for it, man? You, yep. I mean, that's, that's the whole reason why WTC was created because of Same the passion. Same reason I do it, yep. The, pa the passion of archiving wrestling cards and getting the information to people out there so they know what they have or what they're looking for. Just and yep. have it there. Um, and that's what I started WTC for, was just because I wanted to archive my collection. Uh, Look what it turned into. Yeah. It, it's no, just I, getting bigger and bigger until you yeah. re relaunch the site. It's gonna just keep getting yeah. better. Yep. Uh, well, I'm healed up better than I expected. I expected, <laughs> to be, I expected to be out for months. Uh, turns out 
going all Wolverine and I'm uh, healing in a couple weeks. <laughs> That's so, good to hear. But uh, uh, I got one more appointment. I'm good. I'm done. But um, yeah, cool, man. Well, I appreciate, always appreciate your time coming on. Thanks uh, for having me on. Plug, plug, plug all your stuff again, man. I'm sure. I don't know, actually, if you can see my name on the Zoom when this comes over, but I'm Zan Morning Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. Uh, you can check out all the links to social media, like all the platforms. Just search Zan Morning, Z-H-A-N. If you like wrestling cards, uh, all kinds of different trading cards, that's what my channel is all about. Give me a thumbs up, subscribe, and keep watching Wrestling Trading Cards channel as well. We're the two top channels right now in wrestling card field. Yeah, I think, uh, well, we came out. How long has your channel been out? Not uh, like eight months. Yeah, it's older than mine. <laughs> <laughs> older than mine. I started mine this summer. <laughs> uh, and just keep putting out content, man. Content, content, yeah. content. Yep. That's why I'm so glad I've healed up faster because I'm like, I got nothing else in the bank, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've already uh, blew my wad. It's all out there. Just going for it. Uh, yep. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. I love having you on. Um, anytime we can talk more wrestling cards. I, I think you said you had some stuff you wanted to, like a series you wanted to kind of do or something like that. We can talk about that. Yeah, I got all kinds of like random ideas. But the, the primary objective, actually, especially after this show, is let's just get more people into wrestling cards. Absolutely. I agree with you. Don't that. care what it is or who you like, who you don't. Just get more people into cards. Well, let's uh, let's talk again soon, man. Will do. Thanks for having me. All right, man.